everybody, and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Corner Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got an awesome guest here. She hasn't been on the show before or any of my shows yet, but, you know, I'm very happy to have her. Please welcome Danielle Monday. How are you doing, Danielle? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. I, I pronounced your last name right, right? I always you like did. to check. Okay. It's, it's just like the day of the week okay. with a U. But with mm-hmm. a U. Very, just interesting. very weird. Yeah. No idea why. No idea how that originated, but it's been generations. You don't know how that originated? So have you ever asked your parents? No. my gr- I just know my great-great-grandfather had that name. And that's you just... Know, maybe- maybe that was like the thing like they had monday they wanted the the day of the week and then they just changed it at some point maybe somebody didn't know how to spell monday you know like maybe they spelled they probably spelled the name wrong that's probably what happened yeah um i've definitely spelled it wrong before myself and i get i mean i get that joke constantly like oh why you're gonna be named a day of the week why would you be named the absolute worst day of the week (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Ask my great, 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 great grandfather because I, mean, I have no clue. Is it really the worst day of the week? I know there's that joke with office space, like, you know, somebody has a case of the Mondays, but really is it really that bad of a of a day? I don't think so. I mean, for me personally, I've always worked very bizarre hours. So Monday doesn't have any like specific meaning to me. I mean, like like Monday's probably my quietest day, honestly. Mondays I usually do a half day. So for me it's it's great. So for yeah, for you it's a it's a good day, you know. Um, it is a good day. Is I think day. every day is a good day that ends in Y. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we're gonna I agree. We're gonna we're gonna talk about your like like first of all, um so how long have you lived in the States or do you live in the States? I do. I do. I live in Louisville. I actually live in Indiana, but it's like right on the border. So I live in Southern Indiana and then downtown Louisville is just like just over a mile from where I live. Um, And I have lived here for almost seven years. So I'm from Oxford, very close to London. And I moved here early 2017. And before I moved here, I was kind of back and forth to Florida. So I was, I would come to the US, spend a few months in Florida, go home, come back, go home. And then, you know, my visa and everything went through when I, I decided to move out here permanently. That's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. Um, Yeah, happy to be here. It must be like, because I always wonder, because like mm -hmm. when people are from another country, and they come and they have a beautiful accent like yours um they must you know must get a lot of work for characters that are english you know pretty much like that right yeah like i haven't i wouldn't i don't think i've been asked to do an accent different to my own i've been asked to kind of tone it down or maybe kind of emphasize my accent but i i've not been asked to do an american accent or or any other so okay that's 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 cool easy for me Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, can you do an American accent if they ask? Um, I've had to do an American accent in the past. It's probably been, I would say, about 15, 12 years since I had to. And it was for a musical theater performance of Chicago. And I was, I think I was like 18 years old. 
and we all we all had to do American accents. And I thought I thought it went well, but you might think differently if you heard if you watched the play. So I don't know. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, I, mm. I don't know which one's easier or harder. Like, is a is a British accent easier than an English accent or like American accent? I think it's probably the same. Like yeah. I hear people impersonate me all the time and it sounds strange probably because I know them and I know how they sound, but at the same time, it's not, I mean, it's not accurate. It's not accurate. And I think there, I think it's always better to use somebody for a piece. I mean, you've got some of the, these incredible actors, you've got Gerald Butler and he puts on a, an American accent for like the majority of his movies, but I still, I can still tell, I can still tell it's not authentic and you can be, you can be so talented and you can do the best accent, but it's, it's never going to be as accurate as somebody that has that accent. And I just think it's better to use people that, that sound the way that you want them to sound. That's probably true. I, and I, I, I've always thought that honestly, that's why I don't really like to, do too many accents I will if I have to and I and I've had to and it's and it's fun and you and you learn and you you maybe like work with a dialect coach and you know it's educational but it's still I still don't like doing it because it's never going to sound the way that I want it to sound exactly exactly Tom Holland though Mm -hmm. I'll just say like Mm -hmm. I've heard his normal accent and uh and then i've heard him play spider-man and mm-hmm. i'm just like i had no idea for the longest time that he was not even i thought he was an american so for the longest time so uh and then i heard him like speak at a behind the scenes and i was like whoa <laughs> you know you just never know sometimes some people are really good and that comes yeah. from getting taught with the dialect coach and working really hard at it you know and you have to i thought you would have to just talk kind of talk with that accent for a while like you would have to just almost live your everyday life with that accent like when Heath Ledger wanted to play was playing the Joker he he stayed in character the whole time and that was just you know every day he woke up and he talked to people in that character and it and I think that that's definitely something that would help you know just to well, you're saying for like a method acting, right? Or something? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and it and it applies if you're, you know, if you're having to do that. Like if I was being cast in a movie and I had to have a Southern accent, like I wouldn't just spend an hour a day kind of working on that. I would probably want to be having my conversations. Maybe not while I'm working, like my regular job, but I would probably want to be having you know, my regular conversations in that, you know, speaking with that accent, just to give myself that additional, like that additional practice. Right. Um, yeah. So. I think that would be kind of fun. I, I You know, uh, I was working on this one project and this guy, uh, he did have an accent. I forgot what it was. It might've been like, you know, a British accent or something, but uh, he, for the longest time he kept talking outside of the movie with that accent and i thought oh man are you you know i thought he was like british or whatever and so i said mm-hmm. something to him he goes no i'm american 
you know, like just he just kept it going so that he didn't lose it, I guess, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, that's kind of that's kind of neat. Um, I never thought about that. Like you probably don't want to lose it. It's like when you're so I, I used to work with a, a girl from Hungary and she had studied English for seven years in school and she could not speak. She could not hold a conversation until she actually moved to the UK and was forced to speak with that accent every day. Like she had no choice. And I mean, I think those same principles apply there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So when was like, what was the first project that you ever worked on it, whether it be like a play or a film or anything? <sighs> so let me think. So I, I was maybe seven years old and I started dancing. Like I was very involved, like uh, contemporary dance, uh, tap dance, a bit of ballet, but mm-hmm. more for the technique as opposed to actually enjoying, enjoying the, the style of dance. Um, I, I did some jazz, some hip hop and gymnastics. And I was just very involved in movement. Like I like being up on my feet. I love prancing around. You know, I was very young. I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that time. And then I think I was about 15 or 16. And because I was, I wasn't quiet, but I would get a bit of stage fright. Like I didn't necessarily like talking in front of the class. So the idea of, I did take drama in school, but I, I did feel stage fright. Like I would get a stage fright and I would, I would uh, opt for, characters with minimal lines you know like two lines here or ensemble lines and and I kind of I guess I grew out of that because I went at 16 I took a diploma in acting so it was mostly theater and I I was never much of a singer so we anything involving theater I was always you know I would I would get cast I'm trying to think we did Medea and I had a the Greek play and I had a very big role in that. And that was a lot of fun. Chicago, you know, I was given a lot of lines, a lot of dance parts, because I was like, absolutely, no, I am not singing. I cannot sing. And nobody even asked me to sing. <laughs> that was fine. That was fine. Maybe in chorus, maybe in chorus or miming. Um, so I would say, yeah, it was about 16. And I kind of just you know, I, I would read a lot of plays. I would read a lot of plays and I would watch a lot of TV and I would watch a lot of theater. And I would think, you know, this is so fun. Like you get to play all these different characters. And I think one of the first, it was a, a movement piece that we did, like a physical theater piece that we did called Decadence. And I, I was 16, 17 and I had you know, I, I just fell in, I just fell in love with acting, I would say at this point. I mean, I had tried a few other things and, you know, it never really sat well with me. I was like, I'm just going to stick to dance. And then we did this like theater piece and I just came out of my shell and I had all these lines and I was so nervous. I thought I'm never going to remember all these lines. And I remembered everything. I did so well. I was graded really well. And I had probably 200 people sitting in front of me you know huge audience and I just I just absolutely fell in love with acting at that point and then you know and then I had two more years of this diploma and 
you know, I would, I would pick all these big roles because I wanted to get the experience. And I would think, you know, even if, even if I don't do a good job, even if I mess up, even if it's not a character that suits me very well, like it doesn't matter. It's all experience. And then I um, finished high school, started to apply to all these different colleges, um, would go and visit them. And then there was one in Wales called Aberystwyth, which was, you know, well-known for like drama, theatre, performance studies, um, and, you know, dance movement. And I went out there, a friend of mine, we went to, it was called Aberystwyth. We went to Aberystwyth one day. It was like a four, four and a half hour drive. And we kind of looked around the university. We met some of the teachers and I was like, this is where I want to go. I can already tell I'm going to love it. And I, you know, I studied, it was mostly theater and then, you know, some student films as well. And I guess, so I was there, I graduated in 2012 and I started working for a drama school and I was just teaching. I was kind of directing, putting on these plays and, you know, we had different age ranges. There were little kids that were like five, you know, five to seven. And then we had kind of middle school age and then high school age and we were put on these shows. And that's when I realized that I actually also love to teach and direct as as well as act um and I guess I guess I did I wouldn't say I got into film until I moved to the U.S. so at that point you know I started traveling and doing all these other things and I took a couple of years off and then I moved to the U.S. and I just started networking like going to all these networking events joining all the groups on Facebook you know, offering my time for behind the scenes, um, background, you know, a lot of, you know, you have to hustle, you have to do, you know, what it takes to, to make the connections. And I re I would say two or three years ago, I met somebody, a friend of mine called Miles, he's a director in Louisville. And I worked, I think I, I played a zombie in one of his movies. And you know, I went there and they, you know, they had to do all that makeup and I, I didn't have any lines. It was just, you know, Urgh. being a zombie, being a zombie for two minutes. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And, and that, you know, that's just an example of one connection that I made. And then a year later, he, he reached out to me and we started, he'd been working on this piece called The Pure and the Damned, like a, you know, like a mafia type series. And the script, the script was all written out. I auditioned and um, I was cast as the, as Karen, who was the main, the main character's mom. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And um, I've been, I've been kind of focused on that project for a couple of years. So acting and producing this one, it's called Appear in the Damned, it's on Amazon Prime. Nice. And it's uh, three episodes, and we're actually going to be filming a second season starting next year. Nice. So, yeah, that was another piece. And then just, you know, doing, a, like, a lot of background on, you know, on some bigger movies. Um, I just worked, I think it was just one day, I worked on the Red Right Hand 
with um, Orlando. It was starring Orlando Bloom and Andy McDowell. And that was actually very exciting. It was a huge set out past the Grange. And it was, I think it was last summer, it was 90 degrees. And I mean, it, miserable heat, absolutely miserable, especially considering we were having to wear like long sleeves and pants and boots and everything. Yeah, and- you had to look like you were cold, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. But it was still as miserable and uncomfortable as I was. It was such a fantastic experience, like just meeting these people and being on set with these huge names, you know, just being in a scene, doing, you know, just doing something in the background, but still very, very exciting. Um, And I, yeah, that's kind of, kind of what I've been focused on since I've since I've been here you know I did so much theater worked in London worked in Oxford did so many stage plays loved every minute of it but it's very you know theater is very time consuming you know if you want to do a play then you have to have four four evenings a week free to go to rehearsals and you know it's you know with film it's not necessarily like as time consuming, you know, you right. can go like my last, I did a movie recently and I think we did a couple of read throughs on zoom and then, you know, and then we just showed up on the day of filming and like ran through it a couple of times and then, and that was that. And I mean, right. it's, it's a, a little different. Yeah, a lot of theater, fun. Theater is, hmm. uh, theater is a lot of fun. I, I did theater for a little bit as well um and just like you weirdly enough i got involved with a theater group um that my friend was in and uh the first day i was there i was watching uh i guess them just practice you know doing everything and this woman came up to me and was like you look like you're a director and i already started <laughs> directing and so so i was like okay and then so they had me direct a bunch of kids in this like one act like sort of small play but i didn't understand any of it and yeah. so <laughs> I, like and the kids understood they were perfect they like understood i guess maybe their parents you know helped them out or whatever but like they understood what they were supposed to do so i gave it to uh my assistant director and told her like i don't think this is going to be for me which i think is a really good learning experience for a lot of people is like knowing you're, you know, cause I don't want to screw up a play to, you know, that is, you know, whatever. So I'm sure you sort of realized what, what your limits are and what, what you can or can't do as an act, actor, or I think you also produce, if I'm correct, you produce that show. I do. I, I, I did. I've worked on a couple of pieces, you know, just like putting schedules together, helping with casting and, um like doing location like scouting locations and then managing the locations that we that we had um just putting the productions together and I and I love doing that and I think as an actor it's so important to have a thorough understanding of how everything works you can't just you can't just say oh I'm an actor I'm an actor only because you can be the perfect actor but you have to know you know, you know, have to have an idea of how the lighting works because you need to know kind of what angles 
you know, you need to know where the light's coming from. You need to know which way to face. And you need to know how to be able to act in front of a camera. And I mean, yeah, I could act, but I had no idea how to act in front of a camera until later on. And, you know, directors would be like, okay, you need to, you know, we can't see your face. You need to turn 90 degrees this way. And and these are all things that you need that you need to be aware of. You have to know, you know, you have to know, a little bit about cinematography you have to know about directing you have to know how these people work because you have to be able to work with them you can't just show up and be like i'm i'm here to act right and i think that's that's something that not everyone can do people you know people can be quite arrogant and and it and it just limits it limits you as an actor and it limits your opportunities because Recently, I worked as a location manager for a, for an up TV movie. Um, they had come in from LA and they were filming in Louisville. So I was location manager. And then I was, you know, talking to the director, talking to the producer, and they didn't even realize that I did any acting. And I didn't want to be that person that was like, oh, hey, can I audition? You know, I, I, I was there to do that job. Mm-hmm. And they heard, they heard that I did work you know, in front of the camera. And they asked me if I would send them a reel of some of my work. So I, I sent them a link to my, one of my reels and, you know, they were like, Oh, this is great. So yeah, we're going to offer you a part. They said, well, you know, we wish that we'd known sooner because we could have given you a a bigger part, but you know, we're casting for this one role and it's yours if you want it. And I was like, Oh, wow. So just, you know, that opportunity, you know, may have never come up if I hadn't actually gone and got more experience in other and I'm I'm not gonna I won't say I love location managing I I understand it better than I did I hadn't done much of it before and not for a movie that big so for me it was it was stressful it was overwhelming but it was extremely educational extremely educational and I gained something, you know, I gained a role in this movie because of, because of that. And, and that's something that I'm learning. Maybe, maybe it's because of my age. Maybe it's, you know, because I've been in the industry so long, but I just, I just do not advise anyone to say I, I'm only an actor. I will only act because it just, it just, really really limits you it really exactly i was gonna say it limits you as an as a yeah because i I like the fact that you actually went out and you uh did the location managing and you didn't bother them about being cast because that's that's a that's a big no-no period especially for Mm -hmm. hollywood do Mm -hmm. do not do not ask for jobs or whatever just do the job you're doing and uh and and learn you know whatever that you have to learn um, but then, you know, uh, but I mean, if you're a good actor, people will talk about you and, you know, the word will get out that, you know, you do that. So that's great. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, great way to look at it. But uh, yeah. And also to go out, like, I love that you talked about how you did the location managing and that led to other stuff. But if you hadn't done it, you wouldn't be here, you know, doing, you wouldn't be moving on you know exactly exactly and it and it just it just opens doors and not 
and not even because of the location managing or the role that I was cast in, but I met, I made some amazing connections. I made some great friends and, you know, I made a couple of mistakes, but you just, everybody just treated each other with respect. Everybody helped each other. I mean, it was, it was a great, I really enjoyed working on that project. Um, and I mean, you just, you just really have, it's hard because you, you know, you really have to put yourself out there. What I really want to do is spend every second of every day filming monologues, auditioning, signing with agents. But I'm like, I'm also running a business. I'm also bartending. I also go to the gym. I also have a family. I also have friends. You know, it's, it's so hard because you know, you have to make time. Like when something's important to you, you have to make time. And I do, and I definitely make time to send in auditions and film and do what I love. But it's hard because it's, honestly, it's all I would want to do is work in that industry. So Mm -hmm. you have to be, you have to have a good attitude about it. You can't just say, oh, I want to be a famous actress because a, I would hate to be famous. That would give me serious anxiety. I like acting because I love playing different characters. It's exciting. I love storytelling. I love reading stories. I love watching plays. I love everything to do with theater and film and television. And I mean, you just have to have the right attitude. And I think a lot of that comes with maturity, experience. But I've seen, I mean, I, I look back to when I was younger and I definitely missed some, I missed some opportunities because of like my attitude and because of how young I was. And I look back and I'm like, I could have spent, you know, I was hanging out with friends six nights a week when I could have just hung out with them two nights a week and then spent the other three nights pursuing, you know, pursuing more jobs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just have to, you have to love it enough to make it a priority but at the same time it cannot be your only priority like you 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 have to I mean family is an important priority being a good person like doing things for your community volunteering your time to those in need I mean these are all important things you you can't say I only care about acting that's all I ever want to do don't care about anything else and that's Mm -hmm. and I've seen and I've seen people say that and they're not necessarily any more successful than somebody with a completely different attitude. Well, and I mean, it, it's also <clears throat> to me, it's also what I think is that, and and you touched on it, which is the idea of looking back at your past and realizing uh, you, you know, you did those things before that those, you know, mm-hmm. right. And I don't want to say regrets, you know, but I, I do want to say like, you look back at your past and you're like, I, you know, now I can do better, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that should be the way people sort of view, you know, when going into their, um, you know, to their uh, film career or acting career or whatever in the entertainment industry. What you've got, you know, if you weren't serious before, now you're getting serious. At least you know that now. And now you can move on. You can start working on it because, like, you don't, you're not going to, there's no, like, age where all of a sudden you're not going to get work 
Like, I'm sorry, like there isn't. I know there's a lot of people who say that for different people, like some actors, actresses, they're not, you know, like, no. There, there's always going to be a role, you know, for somebody. They just, you know, just going to gonna find it. Exactly, exactly. You always need, even, you know, even 80-year-olds. Some people fall in love with acting when they're, 60 70 mm-hmm. and I mean there's roles for them too because yeah. there's not that many 70 year olds that feel like they you know want to go out and work 24 hours straight on a movie set so I mean that gives them an advantage too mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I believe that like I truly believe that you really want this uh whenever you want this you know, mm-hmm. just you just got to work at it and everything. And like you said, you didn't work before because or as much as hard as you do now because you were playing with your friends, you know, or whatever you're hanging mm-hmm. out with your friends doing whatever. And I think that's that's good that you you know that now and you sort of I think I'm pretty sure you do this, you know, but you probably like monitor your time and you kind of figure out like, you know, today I'm going to do this tomorrow I'll do that, you know, that kind of thing. And that's what you need to do because, you know, you're going to be busy with your friends, family, loved ones, you know, all that stuff. Um, But you're also going to want to work really, really hard to keep getting where you're going. Exactly. Exactly. Time management. Oh my God. If somebody could have told me how important time management was when I was like 15, you know, that would (laughs) have, That would have been amazing. And I'm sure they did. I'm sure I just ignored my mom and my grandparents telling me this. But you you do. You need to you need to like just remember your goals. Be realistic about your goals. And just don't overwhelm yourself. I mean, I'm I work like 70 hours every single week. And I'm like, that's probably not necessary. But I've, I've always been like that. And I don't have children and I, you know, I get my eight hours of sleep every night, but I do work every single day, seven days a week. And I've always been that way. And sometimes I do, I have to sit down and have to remember to relax. I have to remember to like prioritize. That's the word because I was thinking, actually. Prioritize. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, okay, I've just been focused on this for two months, and your priorities change. Sometimes my priority is, you know, working on my. I have a cleaning business, so like working on my business every day because maybe I have more financial needs that month. So I'm like, okay, well, actually, I'm not going to apply to any acting jobs because I really need to crack down on this and just fund something, you know, something that I need for this month. Or sometimes it's like, okay, I'm exhausted. I've worked nonstop for two months. And now I'm going to apply to a few jobs, go to some acting workshops and really focus on that. Because you, you know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. You, there are so many things that I love doing. Like you could, my uncle always said this to me, like you can, you can do anything. You can do absolutely anything, but you can't do everything. And that's a that's a good line. I like that. You, I mean, you can't. I would love to just like split myself in half and be like, okay, this Danielle go off and do all the cleaning. This Danielle focus on only film and TV. 
and that would be like that would be amazing but you know we need to sleep we need to rest we need to eat um but it, you know it's 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 nice I like living in Louisville it's, it's very central I'm thinking about maybe doing some more work down in like Atlanta Nashville I've been offered some jobs and sometimes I just say no because it's so far I'm like I don't really want to drive seven hours or like I I wouldn't be able to get there and back by tomorrow and there's and you know you do you make excuses to why you can't sometimes they're realistic excuses sometimes they're just procrastinations um which I definitely do that a lot too and sometimes I mean I got off at like a commercial that was really cool it was in Texas and it paid really well but I was like okay well by the time I paid like the flight and everything it's is it even worth it? But at the same time, like I've taken jobs, I've taken many unpaid jobs or low, you know, very low budget films because I just love the script or I love the project or I want the experience. I mean, it's not, everybody loves money. Everybody loves to be paid, you know, doing what they love. But sometimes it's not only about that. You know, you go to a workout class because you love doing it. You volunteer in a community play because you love being on stage you know it's not it's not all about money you have to really it's a balancing balancing act honestly and that's another thing that I've realized sometimes you know you really have to pick and choose and 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 you can play this is what another thing I've been finding is that I I did have a period of maybe four months where I took on so many projects and I know that my performance suffered because I was doing too much. I was like, this is not, you know, you should be really invested in one or two projects at a time, really be delving into your character and doing research on your character and focusing on that. And, you know, when you're, when you're taking on like four, five, six projects at a time, plus a full-time job, plus family, it's just not, I mean, your performance is going to suffer. Like, what are you really gaining oh, wow, I got like six IMDb credits and extra stuff on my resume. But when you put a reel of all that work together and you show it to somebody, they're going to, directors especially and writers and producers, they're going to be able to see that you really were half-assing the performance. Well, how, um, do, you, so how that, do you find that balance? So for me, I've got like a limit now. So like I'm I'm working on something called Midas Cove. So I've been like really working on that character for the last couple of weeks. I have not even looked at any other projects. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to finish filming this. And then I have another project that I'm working on. I'm like, okay, well, this this is fine for now, these two. And when, you know, when when I finish filming my scenes for those, then I will start looking for another project. And I think it's important to feel passionate about what you're doing. Like, don't just take a role because it's a role. You know, find something, like, connect with that character. And people people will say, oh, you were typecast. They're really typecast. And that's like, well, maybe that's just the types of characters they connect with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, like, very, I'm very bubbly. I'm very outgoing. I love people. You know, I love being around people. But I love playing kind of mean characters. Like, and I... I don't know why. I don't know why that like is. Evil mean Maybe. or like just like either, mean girl I, mean? Either. Mean girl, bitchy. Um, I'm playing like, like a mob boss for my next role. 
And I just, I love, I enjoy playing those darker, more sinister characters. Maybe it's because it's nothing like me, personally. Well, and thank I, God I, for that. You know? No, I know. And I'm fine with that, though. Like, I'm fine with playing similar roles. And, I mean, I think you just connect. You just connect. I just connect with those characters more. You just con- might connect. And, I mean, obviously, the people like Johnny Depp, he can play anything, any character. Like, I've seen him play every character so diverse such a diverse actor which is incredible incredible and i would like to be more diverse but people really criticize actors that only play certain roles and i'm like well actually that's probably most people and sometimes you do you get the, the actor that's really funny and plays really good you know really puts on a great performance for rom-coms or any kind of comedy and then they try and play like a serious character and even though they can act they're a good actor. They they deliver the lines well. It's just not them. They're just not. They just don't click with that type of character. And I think that's okay. Like I'm okay with playing. I I mean I like to like learn and you know be diverse and be open to playing different characters. But I'm okay with playing like this category yeah. really well. You know, like why not? Why why would I not want to play like, like the evil villain drug lord when i play that character well Mm -hmm. you know and that's just and i'm fine with that and people are like people people love to just talk about other people and criticize and it's just a waste of time honestly right and you get a lot of that i mean uh, you get a lot of that in the real world anyway you know like people say it happens a lot in the the film business but also happens a lot at mcdonald's you know um people Mm -hmm. are just going you know, it's sort of like the high school cattiness of uh, of yeah. people, you know, uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. We never really grow. I don't think we really ever grow out of the high school mentality mm-hmm. that we have because, you know, we sort of that's who we, you know, at one point in life we sort of get defined as, you know. Mm-hmm. So when we're, um, you know, when we're freshmen to seniors in high school, that's sort of who we will become, you know, as we might just be more, you know, older, some wiser, but like, you know, um, we're just, we're the same person in a way. Um, and, and that's completely fine. But then that means the people that are catty and, and talk and, and do all that stuff are the same. People are going to keep doing that. Um, most likely, unless somehow they mature differently, you know, and decide that, skills. Mm-hmm. what, and learn, I said, unlearn social skills. Exactly. Like they know, they, they think it, but they know not to say it. Now, kind of. as an actor, you got to learn a lot of social like skills and everything. I'm glad that you got uh, out of your stage fright because, uh, you know, th- that is something that I had dealt with too. So I, I ended fully, fully get it, you know. Um, and uh, so you got out of your stage fright. You're, you're out there acting you know or whatever do you still ever like feel anxiety or like um like worried that you're not gonna live up to the character that you're portraying um if i put in the work then no i don't worry like this this conversation we're having right now this is scarier for me than than acting in front of 100 people really because absolutely like i i you know when i'm playing a character i just 
play this character. I just am that character. And if I haven't, I might get nervous if I know I haven't rehearsed enough. Or if I know that I haven't really, and that's another reason that I try not to take on so much because I was doing too much because I was so worried about building my resume as opposed to, you know, like I spent two years on this Pure and the Damned project and that I learned so much more from that than I did from four small projects combined, you know, mm. like rushing to this location, rushing to this location you know, like, oh, what am I supposed to wear? Oh, let me just read my lines, like, right before I go in. And, and I mean, it's not all about, obviously, it's not all about the lines. It's about the message you're sending. It's about what you're saying, how you're feeling. Um, and I, I used to, you know, I used to be so focused on the lines. That's another thing that people, I mean, unless it's Shakespeare, but it, it's just not that important. The lines are not that important. And I, I did a workshop recently with Ben, who's incredible. He's, He's just incredible at everything. I love him. He's great. And <laughs> we were doing a like a duologue. And I was I was so Is that what they're called? The... A duologue? Like a What's monologue with two people as a duologue? Yeah. I, I haven't heard that. that term. Yeah, I haven't heard that term. Maybe it's just in a long time, I mean. I haven't heard that term in a long time. Yeah, we yeah. always would say duologue. And he just came over and he just took the book from me because I was so worried about like reading my lines and not messing up my lines, even though I knew I, it was crazy. I knew that the lines were not important. He'd already said the lines are not important. Just deliver your message. And he took the book away and then I just ad-libbed the whole thing. And it was, it felt so much more real to me. And he was like that, Danielle, it was 10 times better. And I mean, you do, you do. You have to. You have to keep doing workshops. You have to keep reading. You have to keep practicing. Sometimes people look at me. Sorry, I'm getting a cough. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes I'll be like reading or like talking to myself, but I'm like rehearsing mm-hmm. or I'm Im- I'm imagining like a scene, and I'll be like in my car, like making something up, like almost making up my own monologue, and and then I realize I'm a you know, you, you're like, you must look like a complete weirdo. You know, if you see someone walking down the street talking to themselves, oh, blah, 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 you think, okay, that's crazy. And we need to get out of that. Who cares? Who cares if you look crazy? You're only learning. You're only practicing. Like, it's not, it's, it's not important. So I'm trying to get out of that. I'm like, who cares? And I yeah. think the older you get, the less you care what people think. And I, rem- I feel I remember- so much more comfortable. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, I uh, I remember being in a, a a bus and I think it was eighth grade or something, and uh, we looked over at you know in school and we looked over at this girl that was like talking to herself in her car, you know, and we're like that girl is crazy till we realized she was singing in the car oh. you know like that's what but she looked like she was talking to herself we were like that girl is crazy what is she doing you know um this was pre like cell phones like the cell phones back then were like like a brick you know the brick. Uh, yeah. yeah i remember the zach morris uh say by the bell telephones that everybody would have and just oh, but anyway yeah. yeah that's crazy but i was just always like when you were saying that you know we got to get out of that mentality we really do mm-hmm. but it's once again it's a child mentality of like well that mm-hmm. person's different than us because they're talking to themselves or whatever um 
what's his name? Uh, I think it was Vincent Price or no, John Carradine would walk down um, Hollywood Boulevard in a cape and he would recite uh, Shakespeare. I don't know if he was practicing or he just did it for fun, you know, but mm-hmm. that's what he would do. And I just love that. I love hearing that because, you know, that just gives me hope for weirdos out there, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And who wants, who wants to be just like everyone else? No. Like, no oh, no. let me just sit quietly and be really insecure and not say what I'm thinking or feeling just so I can fit in and, you know. Yeah, definitely. But, um, I mean, it's it's crazy. And you just, you do, you grow out of it. You do grow out of it. But it's always that little like insecurity is always there. Yeah. Actors have way more insecurity than people realize because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they have a lot more writing on them, you know, Mm -hmm. at that time. I mean, they have to like, you know, when when a a normal person sees a movie, right, they don't Mm -hmm. see that um, there's like, you know, they might not see that this person has to get to this particular area at this particular time, you know, or this shot, or they won't be in focus in the shot, right? So they have Mm -hmm. to say their lines, which they have to already have them memorized or have it like ready to go. They have to go sit at that mark. And, and, you know, and on top of that, they have a lot of doubters and people telling them that, Mm -hmm they suck in some way or another because you know jealousy or whatever it is but like they have all of those things that they've got writing on them and it makes them very insecure and um you know a lot of times as a director i've got to uh i've got to just calm them down you know from that mm-hmm. insecurity and tell them that they're going they're doing great and everything and remind them that because a lot of times they don't get that you know and stuff so they need to do you, do you feel like you need to be reassured a lot? No. Maybe when I was younger, not now, not so much now. Because people are, I, it's important not to be self-involved. People are very self-involved. And I think when you're not self-involved and you have like respect and appreciation for everybody and you, and you focus on being a team instead of just an I, I think that you don't have so much, you don't have all that time to feel that way. You know, I I think, you know, make sure everyone else is okay. So, you know, people spend so much time. If you actually spend more time being concerned and worrying about other people, you're actually, you're actually probably going to be happier than sitting there like obsessed with how you look and what you're wearing and how you, how you sound and this and that. And I, I I used to, but not for a very long time. No, I, I just don't. So you're just happy, like, yeah, well, that's good. Um, uh, because that means that you just, you've kind of evolved as an, as an actress and you're able to kind of, uh, under, what? No, I was going to say like, I, I like constructive criticism. I think, you know, people that know everything don't know anything. If you can just, I'm okay with being wrong because if I'm wrong, if I'm on set and I'm doing something wrong and you tell me the correct way that I need to be doing it, then I'm learning something valuable. I'm not just going to go. If you don't tell me, if you just let me, oh, you're doing great, Danielle, when I'm not, 
then I'm going to go and I'm going to repeat that on the next set, on the next set, on the next set, and I'm never going to know. And I think that education is just the most valuable thing to all of us. I think it's so, so important. And when you when you think you know everything and when you like run around being a know-it-all, you really, you really just don't know anything and you don't have anything to offer. And it's so important to take criticism and to listen to direction and to like just engage with the with the people that you're with in that moment. And people do not do this. And I'm not and obviously not just in that in the film world. Like I you know, I've worked at some places and it's so, you know, it's so toxic. Mm-hmm. And it's because people think they know everything. There's jealousy, there's tackiness, there's, you know, nobody's trying to build the rest of the team up. They're just trying to, you know, like do the right thing themselves. And I'm like, you're not going to accomplish anything constructive if you're not, you know, if you're not working as a team. And I, I'm completely fine with going on. I was actually supposed to go on to this movie or series, sorry, like a TV series and I was going to act. I had a small role and I was also going to be a first AD, which I've never done. And I told the director and producer, he, he wrote, directed, produced the piece. And I told him, I said, I've never done that before. And he said, that's fine. He said, it'll be, you know, I said, I've been on sets and I've seen how things are done and I definitely will be an asset. I'm not saying I'll be mm-hmm. the perfect, you know, employee but he you know I was just I think being honest I was very honest and upfront with him about that and he actually was like great great I've got so much to teach you so this is I actually I actually never ended up doing that project because I had two family tragedies tragedies and I had to go home so that was a you know wait did you have to go back home to England England I did I did I I went home about two weeks ago. Oh, um, yeah. So, so this is recent. Oh, my, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's okay. You know, it's 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 life. Everybody yeah. goes through loss. You know, it's inevitable. But I, I said to the director, you know, I'll let you know when I'm back in town. I said I'm so sorry because I'm very punctual. I, I will not. You know, I was so excited about this piece, and then something unexpected happened. And I was like, that has to take priority. I was very disappointed that I couldn't work on that episode. But at the same time, I was like, yeah. I'm going to regret not going home more than I'm going to regret not working on this episode. So that's yeah. sort of so where I'm- you have to be. You have to be like, what's more important? My, mm-hmm. you know, the things that really matter to me, like, like, and then that's the other thing is like, you know, acting and and being in the and you know entertainment industry is is great, and it should be like sort of, you know, a job that you want to do. But in the end of the day, it's a job. You know, your life is way more important. You know, and I think a lot of people have to understand that sometimes too, because some people take this stuff way too seriously, as in you know for acting and 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 other stuff. And I feel like. Uh, you know, when it comes to like family or life, that that takes precedence over everything else. Like, 
you know, tragedies that happen definitely. that takes precedence. Definitely, definitely. And, I, and you know, some people, some people I, I look at and I think, God, they just, they just do everything. Like they, they just time everything perfectly, you know, and you, with social media, like I, I follow, I follow people and like my hugest inspiration in the whole world is Sophia Bush. And she, not even just as an actress, just as an activist, just as a person, just as a soul. Like she just is phenomenal. And I, I follow her and like I admire her and I learn from her and she, she definitely is a huge influence for me. And I think how does she do all of that? You know, she's here and then she's here and then she's at the White House and then she's on a film and then she's in London doing theatre and then she's with friends and family and I'm like, oh my goodness, like how... How on earth does she manage her time, time management? But then, I know, and I'm like, wow. But then I and then I think, well, it's it's just it's also just social media. It's just we portray the best version of ourselves. You know, if you look at my Instagram, it's like, oh, here's here's me doing this film, and here's me on my date, and here's me having lunch, and here's me when I just got my hair done. Because you want to you want to be positive, but at the same time, you know, we need we need to be real. Like where. I don't post, you know, when I'm having a breakdown over something that's happened. I'm not like, oh, this happened today. And, you know, I mean, I feel you sort of should maybe, but like in the same Mm -hmm. sense, maybe not. Like um, there's got to be times where, you know, um, you do post. Like somebody once said, um, you know, this this writer guy I know of uh, said that, you know, in in instagram we always show our you know our the best selves right we mm-hmm. we but what he says in his classes is he tells everybody go take a picture of your messy bed your messy room mm-hmm. you know and 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 put it on on instagram because people want to see that you know mm-hmm. people want to see people who are real people don't want to see may- everything being great all the time because it's not not real exactly exactly and it's not you know it's 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 kind of helpful and I mean I, I should do it more I should but it, I'm kind of like Instagram I just feel I you know I like posting my you know my film pictures and everything because it's it's a way to store them because mm-hmm. I lose you know like it's a good way to store them and it's, you know, it's like a collage. And sometimes when I'm feeling negative, I'll like look through pictures of me, my family, my friends. And I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I do have a great life. You know, it's not necessarily for the whole world. And also, you know, sometimes you do want to encourage people. And I, I follow this one lady, I can't remember her name. And she she's not an actor, but she's, she's an influencer and she's into fitness and health. And, you know, she posts, she used to post, like she would filter all her pictures and videos and now she started posting she has like a really she has like acne she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous and she has some acne on her face and now she posts everything just with her face like i am happy i'm healthy i'm fit this is me and it's like very it's very encouraging it's very inspiring it's it's amazing she's absolutely sensational and that's the stuff that's inspiring her journey yeah. yeah. Uh, that more than people like there are people on out there that will just post inspirational memes every mm-hmm. day, all the time. And that to me doesn't inspire me. You know, what inspires me is seeing people actually doing stuff, you know, mm-hmm. 
Um, so then again, I got I got some flack for posting about my writing and how much I've been enjoying it and everything. And then some dude was like, you're, you know, basically saying you want people to kiss your butt, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, it's not at all what I'm doing. I'm posting on my page, you know, the accomplishments I'm having, you know, whether or not, you know, right. so I I, I know like there's a lot of negative mindsets out there right now. And I kind of don't, don't cater to that. I, I, you know, somebody posts and you shouldn't. that they got a part, you know, say you post, you know, I, I, I booked it. I got a part. I'm going to congratulate you. You know, I'm not going around going, okay, well, she's booked five projects this week. Uh, you know, she's just showing off, you know, like that's ridiculous. You know? There is nothing wrong with showing off. When no. you have some when you have something to show off, then show off. God, people are so and you know it it is it's very transparent. It is the unhappy people that 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 guy that said that to you, unhappy person, not happy with his accomplishments, maybe not having many accomplishments at the moment. And instead of using you as inspiration he's attacking you and he that, said i'm not the that, only one that was the thing and that was what even pissed me off even more is that he actually like, oh, cause, you, mean- you know yeah, like because he posted about it then i i commented right and i said well i'm you know because he was saying like these people are never probably going to get their movies made anyway or something like that and i go Look, I'm only doing this to get more experience with my, uh, you know, and getting my, uh, getting a manager and stuff. That's my my goal, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I'm not gonna lie; it's made me stop posting that stuff a little bit because of this little bit of a, um, you know, a uh, little bit of judgment that I'm getting, um, and you know, make wondering if maybe I'm getting that from other people too. And uh, which I know is not true, but I'm just like, I, I started realizing, oh, crap. Now, every time I'm about to go post something, I'm like, should I post that? Should I not post that? You know, and it's it's because of somebody's, you know, post mm-hmm. that that made me feel like that. You know, And if they were, if you, if you are so uninteresting to them, why are they following you? Why are they taking that time? Why are they taking valuable time out of their day to comment negative? things on on your post I mean if you were saying something like if if you were saying something cruel and hateful and yeah of course you know confront that they should confront Mm -hmm. that but you're you're doing nothing other than being positive and showing your work I mean it's a portfolio of you and you have this podcast where you interview other people and and all you've done tonight is listen to me talk about myself and I mean that to me doesn't seem like somebody that's self-involved and only cares about their work I mean I just I mean it's hard you have to almost you know my skin's getting tougher just more so in the last few years because I've I've just been confronted with it with a lot of that I was very sheltered I lived very sheltered life and now I'm like come at me I don't (laughs) care say what you want like I, I do not care I'm not you know, if I'm being a good person, like if I'm living my life as a good person, who makes mistakes? But if you're living your life as a good person and you're doing what you love, then and I don't think anything else really matters, honestly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we, we talk like, how long have we talked? It's been 
base almost an hour, but uh, you know, yeah. I, I'd like to know more, uh, a couple more things. Um, yeah. You know, so let's uh, let's get into sort of like, what, what's your like dream role? What's a role that you mm. would absolutely love to play? Ah, oh, God. Mm. <laughs> like a supernatural character. Like a vampire. I'm sorry, but that that is like my dream role. You know or what a the... vampire slayer. Oh. Buffy the vampire slayer number two. You could be like be Angel, like the uh, mm-hmm. the female version of Angel and be like mm-hmm. an, a, a vampire who slays mm-hmm. other vampires. Or like Blade, vampire, I guess. That's vampire Blade. Slayer. Mm. You know, like a female that Blade. That would be fun. Yeah. Like a fighting role. I really want to learn how to like I, like do stunts i do boxing i, do, I go to box i've been doing boxing for okay, about you've been doing months. boxing that's cool but i would i would like to do brazilian martial arts and i would definitely love to learn more stunt work just cool. to give me more again more opportunity and for roles different different types of roles um but yeah something something like supernatural like that and i always loved those shows i was like a supernatural buffy angel uh, what other ones were there? Vampire Diaries. Um, Vampire. Oh, of course, Vampire Diaries. Definitely. Which is funny. Uh, it's actually weirdly enough. At first, it was like one of those things where you could not be a guy uh, in straight and tell people that you liked Vampire Diaries, and then it then people started watching it, you know, and they started saying, "Okay, all right, I like it's it's not Twilight." You know, and it's written by mm-hmm. the guy, it co-written by the creator of uh, um, Scream. Oh, so, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Kevin Williamson co- co-created yeah. uh, Vampire Diaries. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, Twilight's another one. Love Twilight. But I must say, my boyfriend hates Vampire Diaries. I try so hard to get him to watch it. and just... It's not for everybody, I guess. Uh, I haven't watched uh, True Blood. You know, I think that. Oh, would he's be... seen. Okay, so he's seen all of go. True Blood. So have I. I love that show. Yeah, that's definitely wider audience. I would say. Um, yeah, I just I would love to play a like a physically strong character, something fantasy like you know something that. And and I'd also like to play, you know, like a. Regina George and me, that's something simple, you know, something that could be real life, a more realistic role. But I definitely would, yeah, definitely like a vampire, villain, something along those lines. Vampire Slayer, role. yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. I like that. Or vampire, yeah, definitely. <sighs> that's very cool. I like, you know, I, I, I like hearing people's dream roles because some are different and some are similar um and uh i think uh i think definitely supernatural is more of something people like to do because i mean you can't you know you can't be a vampire in real life i mean you can think you're one or whatever but you can't (laughs) be one uh you can't be a serial i mean you could be a serial killer but you know, you're probably not going to be a serial killer unless that's, yeah. you know, so. I hope not. I hope not, too. Um, <laughs> no, there are, like, a couple movies where the, uh, I know, like, there's one called Method, 
uh elizabeth hurley i think was the star of that and uh she was uh she was like a method actress or something Mm -hmm. who was also playing like the serial killer so as a method actress she was actually going around killing people like or whatever i guess i don't know i haven't seen it in forever but i i remember hearing that you know jeremy sisto uh is in that too which i don't know if you know him from like six feet under and yeah you know and whatnot um fantastic actor but anyway Mm -hmm. no i think it's on tubi i'm pretty sure it's on tubi Tubi. yeah uh but it's called method give that one a watch yeah uh i always recommend like because i always see indie film well yeah i think method was an indie film i see like indie films and or ones that people don't really know about and kind of just let people know about them because that's pretty cool you know um oh yeah definitely so what uh so you okay so your dream role um what is like okay uh what do you want to do besides like uh be an actor like if if you could do other stuff in the industry but is there other stuff you'd like to pursue i probably writing writing my own stories writing my own plays writing my own films have you tried that yet I I have I've I've written some monologues. I've I've always liked writing. I've always enjoyed writing. Um I do have a blog. Uh it's mostly nonfiction, I would say. Um but I need to I need to like, you know, stop procrastinating. I write a lot of short like sh- kind of short stories monologues i would like to take the time to write like a whole like feature maybe or even a short film but i just that would be I cool. can't like, even, i can't even that. sit still now i can't even sit still now like honestly <laughs> and my attention span is terrible so i do plan i do plan to write a feature film a friend of mine has started we were kind of talking about writing one together putting our ideas together and editing each other's work that'd be great and another yeah another friend of mine we were talking about we have very different tastes though so i'm not sure well if you write a a script i would recommend and you're writing with a co-writer i would recommend Mm -hmm. uh writer duet um Mm -hmm. i use it uh and i have because i have many co-writers i work with uh mainly uh women because uh i i do believe like uh, sometimes it's it's better t- to get a, a, a different person's perspective, especially somebody of the opposite sex, because I, you know, I understand guys, or at least I understand me, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. I may not understand uh, what goes on in a woman's head as much, you know, and stuff. And that's where uh, hopefully a co-writer um, can come in and, and fix up. Um, mm-hmm. But writer duet, you know, is is... I think it's like 10 bucks a month, but it's like so worth it uh, when okay. you get like unlimited uh, stuff. And I, I started doing that recently and I just, I fell in love. So it's okay. something I, I, I'm not yeah, sponsored, even though if they want to sponsor me, they can. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them, but I do. I really like, I, I give them props. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll have a look. I'll have a look into that. Definitely. Um, is there uh 
Is there anything that you've been working on lately? Not so much, no. Just ideas, mostly. And I, I wrote a couple of monologues of maybe last year. But I'm that's kind of one of my goals for this year. I mean, as far as acting goes, though, are you shooting anything soon? Or? Oh, okay. Um, Next Saturday, I have some scenes. I have to drive to Somerset. So I think it's about a three-hour drive. And I film all day. It's the 22nd, all day that day. Um, and then I have a couple of other short, short films that I'm filming in May. And then that's that's that for right now. And then I have a few auditions coming up from like roles I submitted to. That's so awesome. We'll kind of see how that goes. But I'm yeah. like I said, I'm trying not to do too much at once. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to overextend yourself, you know. You kind of want to pace yourself, you know, and everything. And I know it sounds like you've kind of got the same issues that I've got where I just want to do everything all the time. And just, you know, I'm doing I'm doing like 20 podcasts. This isn't my only one. And uh, uh, and it's funny because in May we're uh, which is coming right up. uh, We're just taking a break from a lot of these things and. Uh, and then going toward just fi- focusing on one to finish that, then going back to the to the other stuff. So in the fall, so it's okay. I, I totally got where you were saying before about doing so much, you know, together. You know, what I mean, like you need to yeah. kind of pace yourself and kind of figure everything else out. So, um, yeah. is there what advice would you give somebody who's just getting into the business? I would networking. I think that is very, very important. Without, I mean, some of the roles I get are from people that already know me from previous projects and they reach out to me. Hey, are you interested? It's like when you, you are, people are applying to a job. Say you apply to a job on Indeed. 10 people apply from inside the, the business. They're going to get hired. They're going to look for people they already know. They already know do a good job. They know they're punctual. They know they're reliable instead of, you know, looking for candidates, looking for other actors that, you know, they've never seen their work. They don't know them. They don't know their dependability. And I think, you know, just, just network, just at first get involved in, if you don't have an experience, get involved in as many projects as you can. Absolutely just to get the experience you don't have to like I filter things out of my reel like I have a reel of my work and I you know I'll go in and I'll be like oh that was I wasn't doing very good that day I'll just take that one out like I or, right. oh that's when I was just getting started or oh I definitely made a couple of mistakes there and I'll you know I'll kind of gain more experience and mm-hmm. I'll add in I'm like, wow, I did such a good job there because I've been to all these workshops this year and I would really rehearse my lines and I'll, you know, I'll put that in and that'll impress them. But when you're getting started, you you just need to meet people and gain experience. And that's that's your face. You need to put your face out there. And I think that's that's definitely what helped me especially moving here because I didn't know anyone I moved here and I I joined all the Facebook groups Actors Access met um went to lots of workshops 
you know, corresponded with casting directors and networking events and, you know, that's that's definitely how I got the majority of my work. So, yeah, that's definitely what I would tell do people you, to do. Do you have a business card? Like, do, is that how you hand things out or, or how do you uh, do that? I mean, a lot of it's online. I do have a business card somewhere. I have a whole thing of them. I do. I went to a film event recently, 502 film, and I actually did meet some people there and a lot of people I already knew and, you know, handed out some cards. And that was a that was a great night because there were a lot of local independent filmmakers, storytellers, um, actors, producers. Um, you just have to keep researching. You know, you have to, every day I'll, you know, I'll go online and I'll, and I'll just, every morning you know have a look what's going on you know what projects are coming into town and and then sometimes people I know mess you know they'll reach out to me if something if a new project's coming to town then you know there's at least two or three people that will message me like oh I'm just making sure you've heard about this project you know they're looking for actors or they're looking for behind the scenes you know mm-hmm. um so, yeah there's definitely. a lot of movies getting made on like Indiego from Indiegogo and mm-hmm you know, if they get like, you know, over their budget or whatever, they will like actually fly out actors and stuff too, oh, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, cause I know, uh, one project's like out in California. So, you know, I'm pretty sure they, they don't ask the actors to fly themselves out, you know, from all the way across the country. They, they do mm-hmm. that, but you know, that just depends on the project and that depends on the, the budget and everything and so you're mostly you mostly work with local people so i get it like you know with that so and you you do yeah. that but then you know if you get something in atlanta or whatever and you can do it if you can make it you know and stuff i'm sure you'll do that you know oh definitely yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah well i just want to say thank you so much you're 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 a doll like you're just a sweetheart and oh, I, thank you. yes. And I just, I, I enjoyed your conversation. I enjoyed like just the way you are, you know, way, way you uh, hold yourself and the uh, stuff that, you know, you know what I mean? Like you've learned a lot from this business. And uh, so hopefully you just continue to, to learn uh, doing the workshops and doing the different things that you're doing and then, you know, and, and continue to evolve as an actress and hopefully I'll see you in Hollywood someday, you know, or whatever, Ooh, you know, if, if that's your goal, you know, if that's a goal of yours or something. Um, I'm sure. That's yeah. a lot of people's goals, you know, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotta, oh my goodness. you know, um, but yeah, I, uh, I can't wait to see more stuff from you and, uh, and yeah. Um, and you, so you said the uh, one uh, show um, was the Pure and the Prestige. Is that the, the Pure and the Damned? The Pure, Pure and the, the Damned. It's on Amazon Prime. I think you can get all three episodes for five dollars. Okay, probably, four or five dollars. Um, I know that it's available in the U.S. and I believe in the U.K. Um, and then another one. It's on Up TV, so you can see that one on cable or if you have the Philo app and you go on to up tv it's called something's brewing that's a new one that i i worked on i had a very small role and i worked behind the scenes for the whole movie as the location um, manager that's the location manager one yeah that was a good one, that was a good yeah. one. so Both you found all the locations we're gonna out. see you know watch the movie and we'll see all the locations we'll be like yeah 
Well, some of them, some of them. Mostly they had a location scout and then I was kind of managing everything, everything okay. else. Um, but yeah, that you'll recognize, you'll recognize the Brown Hotel and where else did we go? Oh my goodness. Um, some parks out in Louisville, Brown Hotel, uh, softball field. I forget the names. I'm not from here, so I forget the names. Soft, uh, softball field out in Louisville. The theater building downtown. That's awesome. You're, you're recognized. You're recognized the streets. You're recognized the downtown area when you watch the film. I've only been the... to Louisville once, um, and it was for oh, a horror yeah. convention, actually. Oh. It was a horror convention called uh fright night film fest i don't know if you've heard of it or not but i think they still no uh, i've heard of it i've you've been there no i haven't i've not been there but i i would like to you should you should definitely go to uh there's there's also some in like lexington um and and whatnot but like uh it's definitely they're definitely fun and especially if you like vampire stuff you know um Mm -hmm. you can dress up like a vampire and go there and maybe pass out cards and say this is what i want to you know like do you have any vampire vampire Mm -hmm. you know yeah there you go cast me as a vampire you know um i I can see that i could see you playing a vampire and having a lot of fun with that so yeah i would well once again thank you um how can people like reach you like what's your website so my uh, my IMDb is Danielle Louise Monday with a U. And then my Instagram is also Danielle Louise Monday. And do you have a website? Do you have an official website or anything? I don't. I should. I should create one. Um, <laughs> just my IMDb. I do have a, for my other business, I have a website. But for my, for my acting, I've just been kind of using my IMDb and my, uh, my Instagram. And I think I saw like on your Instagram, you had like a, uh, I forgot what they're called, link, link, whatever the links are that you have, where you can go there and you can see all the stuff. Like you can see your reel. Um, they can see, which I've seen, I I, I enjoyed. Um, uh, and you can see just all the stuff that you're, you know, other stuff that you're doing. So yeah. Oh, the link tree, the link tree. Yeah. I put some things on there. There's a really fascinating story about my, biological father that I found that <laughs> he didn't know I existed so there's a whole article of news article on there about that as well that sounds like a whole nother story that you I know that yeah for an, you wrote you wrote about time. that like or something I did oh I well there were newspaper articles about that um and also I did write a blog about that as well but that's, that's a long 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 story interesting yeah you can read about it if you go onto my instagram hey that also sounds like it could be its own movie you know Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah oh but so i mean it's so common now with all their ancestry and 23 and me i mean everybody people are finding siblings and parents and it's yeah but that's like that's a great thing for a movie because that is uh, topical Mm -hmm. right now is you know the idea of finding the person who you didn't even maybe you or they didn't know you know you both existed yeah, so, yeah. i do i have a sister i found a, i have a sister and i just met her two weeks ago that was amazing that's awesome yeah so, so great i love very, that very you cool know? very cool 
Well, uh, I hope they're listening and checking mm-hmm. this out. And uh, uh, everybody else, uh, check out Danielle's stuff. You know, like she said on Instagram. That's how I found her is on Instagram. And, uh, and uh, you know, there's just so much going on. So go to her Instagram, check out her stuff. She's got uh, tons of information about what's going on in her world um and her imdb um so there you go and uh uh and everybody uh check back next week uh there should be another episode coming i think there's gonna be two more or three more and then we're gonna take a little bit of a break so uh just want to let everybody know but uh thank you so much and uh I can't wait. We'll like we'll have to have you back on sometime, like next year or something, and just uh, find great. out if there's yeah. anything extra that you've been uh, talking mm-hmm. about. Maybe you found another relative that you no. didn't know <laughs> It's likely. It's likely. <laughs> These days, you just never know, and then they just mm-hmm. pop up now, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, Everybody's awesome. figuring this stuff out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, and everybody else. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Until uh, next time. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.